Judy Rifka joins me today. I had the opportunity of uh, meeting her in New York City and I've been friends with her for a number of years. Um, she's an American artist active since the 1970s as a painter and a video artist. And uh, she works heavily in New York City's Tribeca and Lower East Side and has associated with movements coming out of the area in the 1970s and 80s. Um, she was the other artist mentioned in Rene Ricard's famous essay, The Radiant Child. And um, she was friends and uh, collaborators with Basquiat and Keith Haring um, and that whole scene. Um, but now she's still active and uh, has been working over the years with um, various curators and galleries and has a solo show opening at Pulpo Gallery in um, Germany coming up, curated by Gregory Del Haba and Nico um, Zeifang of Pulpo Gallery. In any case, the next episode is uh, myself in conversation with artist Judy Rifka here on the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. Hi. Hi. Am I here? Uh, Are we going to have visuals? Uh, we'll have visuals as we make them, but okay. as far as this podcast goes, no, okay. we're not going to have visuals. Okay. I didn't have to comb my hair and put on a clean shirt on. Don't we have enough visuals as it is? Oh, my God. Yes, I do. Have you been doing? I'm terrible, but in a way great and in a way awful. And you? Good. Is that answer your question? What, I mean, what do we expect, Noah? Come on now here. <laughs> so um, I, you've been busy working on a show? Well, you know, I, I'm always doing art, and I'm not drumming up new pieces for this show, although it does seem that I'm, uh, you know, going back, getting links, articles, quotes, and things like that to kind of prep people that might be writing and stuff like that. Um, so the work is mostly done, you know. It's uh, what, what is the work about? The work? Oh, good question. That is a good question. <laughs> no. The work is about my journey from... <laughs> Being uh, from being about twenty till being seventy five uh, uh -huh. in in art. So it's the title is the show is entitled um, "A View in the Rear View Mirror," and I think there's a little bit of an interest in my past works, which have been kind of socked away for a lot of years, and uh, there are some really beauties there which are really like to see the light of day. So Gregory de la Haba, who is handling a lot of my work here and who stores it so most beautifully and exquisitely. And, um, and also Nico, uh, you know, from uh, Nico from Popo, a Popo gallery, you know. So uh -huh. uh, he, he is, they have curated a wonderful show along those lines. There are some newer works. Um, I, you know, I have plenty of new works, you know, I want people to think that I sort of mm. stopped painting 10, 15 years ago. I never stopped painting. I'm always painting. Mm. 
for some sad reason. You know, and you've worked off. you've worked with this gallery before. Is this no, I haven't. Time? I haven't. But um, he's really wow, Nico Zeitung, I guess. He's mm -hmm. oh gosh, he's wonderful. We've had communications, you know, internet communications, and uh, I, I heard some of your podcasts too. It was nice to actually hear his voice. Right. But Nico is uh, really uh, art intelligent and thoughtful, and seems to understand mm -hmm. quite, you know, a lot about what's going on in my art, and, and appreciates the finer points that other people miss and he has um, added some of them to his collection and um, Greg has sent over quite a number of, of works for him to show mm -hmm. so um, well it, Greg I, is quite sophisticated too yeah you know you know this is what happened Greg uh, I, I guess I first met Greg in about 2008 when mm -hmm. Savannah remember Savannah spirit and he were having a joint giant uh, two-person show, I guess, on the Lower mm -hmm. East Side. And uh, I, I didn't know Greg, but I knew Savannah. And, and, and it, this was just an amazing show. His, the work that he had there kind of knocked me off my feet. And I meet this young artist who's um, quite a, you know, uh, um, quite imposing, uh, an imposing presence, you know. <laughs> and I introduced myself to him, and ultimately he came over to my studio. What happened is he came over to my studio, which was then in Hoboken, which apparently was a big deal for him to go to an artist studio all the way over there in Hoboken, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was very impressed, and he said, um, I'm going to show your work someday. And so time goes on. <laughs> And uh, it was about 2008, you know, and ultimately he got involved over there at um, uh, at uh, the yard, curating the yard. Mm -hmm. And he uh, in involved me in two nice, beautiful shows there. Um, I think I might have even been in a few of those shows. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Really wonderful. There were several yard locations. This, mm -hmm. this one was... Um, the one that's across from the Empire State Building, <laughs> right? And then, but then he had several locations that he's working. I loved that space. It just, it, it was multi-level, kind of split-level openings, vast ceilings, view of the Empire State Building over there, mm -hmm. and uh, it was, it was wonderful to work there. You know, when I mm -hmm. put my works, oh, you didn't expect this long of an answer, right? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. When I, I rescued uh, a number of my works, I've moved up so many times since about 80, since about 1990 or so. And I rescued a number of my works for uh, to put into storage. And uh, I could no, really no longer afford the storage. But the works that I saved, I thought very carefully, even though I sadly had to throw out some really beautiful works that I couldn't save. Mm -hmm. I, I thought very carefully about, hey, what's this going to look like down the road if I ever have a retrospective? So I tried to kind of curate the works that I saved. Mm. And um, he took a large number of those into his, his own uh, studio at Long Island City. He had extra space there at the time. He said, Judy, mm -hmm. I'll store them for you. Don't worry. Don't worry about a thing. 
So I trusted this guy that he was going to store my work. And uh, I couldn't no, no longer afford it. You know what that's like, Noah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did. And, and then ultimately he had a couple of very nice shows and curated them beautifully. And, um, and uh, so here we are today, you know. And, and ultimately Popo uh, Gallery got in touch with them. I think he's... Uh, Nico saw a work that Brooke Alexander had put on auction. This is after he held on to it for um, 30 years or something, since about 1982. Mm-hmm. And at the time that Brooke and Carolyn uh, got their divorce breakup and everything, and everything kind of went kabooey, uh, that was the one thing that was kind of left. And I said, Brooke, I can't, I, I have no place for this. So I said, I'll keep it and we'll be partners if we ever sell it. I said, okay. So (laughs) the years go by. And then finally, (laughs) about a a year and a half ago, you know, Brooke comes through. (laughs) And apparently, you know, he had sold the work to Nico. And Nico fell in love with it. That was the work, that pink work that he keeps on showing, that beautiful spray paint, spray work. Mm. And... um, and so that was how we met. And then Greg got in touch with Nico and said, hey, you know, I have a number of her works. Are you interested in seeing them? And they got, they hit it off really well on their FaceTime or whatever communications. And, uh, and then ultimately, you know, we were into show at, as per that communication. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get tired of people talking about your history in New York? Or would you prefer to, like, kind of live in the present with what you're working on now? Um, no, I heard the Beach Boys being asked a question like that. Is that funny? That is kind of funny. <laughs> what, uh, what's his name? Love, right? What's this guy's name? Love. And uh, Mike and Love. Mike Love. And well, I think he's so cool. But And I love the Beach Boys, too. <laughs> and um, I heard them ask he asked that question. He said, gee, you know, why would I be angry if anybody liked the work from now or the past? And all the better if they still like something that's 20 years old. I mean, what kind of a compliment is that? That's great. Um, well, you know, I had, I, I, it's okay. You know, that's okay. And um, I'm cool with the stuff I'm doing now. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, whatever. So you're, you're okay with both. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm cool. I'm all right. I'm here. You know, whatever. You, and, you don't and, you don't mind if I'm like, oh, see the colorful clothes she wear. Like <laughs> if I just jump into your. I'm kidding. No, um, no, I think there's a lot of great stuff in that history too. Um, well, I mean, you're special in, because you really were there. It's funny because I was on Facebook a few times and I saw people talking about Basquiat and Keith Haring. Oh yeah, and yeah, all yeah. Of that stuff. And they're going on and on and on. And you say just a little something. Yeah. And they act like you don't know what you're talking about. And it's just, it's crazy what's going on in this world. Well, yeah, I was there. I I mean, I sure, I was right in the middle. And I sort of have a habit in being right in the middle of certain movements like that, even though that I'm really not, I'm not that social. I'm not that outgoing, really, but just right. Turns out that I, I end up like sort of in the middle of some kind of art or music movement somehow or other. 
but um, that's what I like about you is that you you are still active. You're not, you know, because there are a lot of people who, well, not a lot, but there are some people who were part of that history that that just kind of live that history and wear that history without kind of being active currently. Oh, I like try to be as active as I can. You know, after the Alexander Gallery closed, they didn't really close. They broke up. It was like a complication, whatever. And I had a little bit of a time to get my pay. Right. Not, not by Brooks fault. But anyway. Um, On that topic, I was going to ask you one question about oh, I the love 80s it. art world, if you don't mind. <laughs> okay, well, well, let me get my lawyer. Um, Excuse me. Yes, uh, get your lawyer lined up. <laughs> okay. um, do you, did you have, did, did you have a feeling that it was going to be that kind of an infamous group of artists that you were with when you were there? Or was it only later that you sort of saw the gravity of everything? Oh, um, you know, when you say infamous, I, you don't mean particularly infamous, do you? I mean, I mean like world famous, world high, famous. That's, that's high value, okay. um, historical. Yes. You like know, Keith Haring yes. and Basquiat oh, and yeah. those guys. Like, did oh, you know yeah. that they were going to be like like three hundred pound coffee table books all over the world? Oh yeah, I, I um, you know, uh, who was there an interview about this? Oh yeah, you know Jeff Wright, right? I have met him. Yeah, he's oh nice. yeah, you know, really, there's some somebody worth getting into. You should have a podcast with him. Anyway, uh, he had a little panel discussion about. A, just before the pandemic. <laughs> and it, he was talking about, you know, that very period and the art world. And I had my two minutes on, in the sun on there. And, 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 and so that was just the topic of that discussion. I knew it. I could feel it. I had sort of slithered away from my post-minimal, you know, I, I did some really nice post-minimal work, beautiful post-minimal work. But, you know, the, the culture was so dynamic and was so magnetic and I lived like right next door to tier three oh my god and um it was drawing me in and I could see that that the art that was happening in that period um even though it, it started out as a very kind of nightlife thing a mud club tier three you know danceateria thing uh that the art was very um, included into it. It was included in the posters, it was included in the bands, it was included in, uh, and then we had um, collab and we had, uh, um, we had, we had Times Square show and then graffiti was coming out and the music was very, you know, remember the um, lounge lizards and, and we had Eric Mitchell and uh, the, you know, Underground USA, of course. So I was very drawn in by this, and I, I, um, I knew, I, I knew that it was going to be important in, in the future of art history, even though a lot of it was kind of undergroundish. And if you look at some of those art rights that I was doing at that time, we can talk a little bit about more about that. It, the subject matter was all about going from. Uh, you know, from that night world, kind of entertainment world, underground, underground USA world, into the into you know the future of, of art, the day of art. And of course, I was very good friends with 
Renee Ricard from the very beginning. We were totally, we met, we, Keith Haring, Keith Haring introduced us, okay? At, I was having, he, Keith invited me to be in a show at Mud Club, and I had some really kind of cool work. I think some of them are going to be shown there at Popo. Um, and uh, there were about, you know, about, about the predicament of the artist in those times and changing from one, from one zeitgeist to another. And um, Brene, and Brene bought that painting that was in Mud Club, by the way. That was how we met. And we became mm -hmm. fast friends, but, you know, forget it. We totally lived together. And um, that was where he wrote that, um, that article of The Radiant Child. It was, he wrote most of it in my place. In fact, I have the original notes for it that I, that I saved. He, he socked it away in a book of mine, and I just found them about two years ago. But anyway, so we, so I, I was very aware. I was super aware of that and very inspired by it. Um, and tormented by it as well. I mean, <laughs> it was difficult times for me, you know. But uh, you know, but that is always great fodder for making interesting art. So yes, I was aware of it. That was very important. And um, those art rights are really the subject matter of those art rights. Walter mm -hmm. Robinson, Walter Robinson, and Edda Diak, you know about they, the way they got started making the art right. And I did two thousand original issues. <laughs> original handmade issues for them really uh, yeah uh i think most of them i don't know what happened to edit ended up unfortunately she left planet and mm -hmm. we we discussed it she had boxes and boxes of them that we still have not sent out we sent out a lot of them i still have here probably about 20 20 or 30 of them and uh they're they're around they you know they did that uh print of matter did that art right book you know about that book no Oh, oh cool. maybe I do actually. Yeah, I do. Yeah, get that. it. Get get the book. It's great. It really is great, Noah. And my, I'm in three sections of that book. Uh, they forgot to put me in the index, but <laughs> but a there is no. Of mine, a friend of mine has that book, and I've seen it. Oh yeah. So and my name is not mentioned on the outside. However, the last twenty pages are mine, and then I'm in two, the subject of two other articles. So I go from the early seventies to the early. Uh, to the late 70s to the early 80s or late, late 70s. Three different articles mm -hmm. there. That was like amazing. But mm -hmm. they have, um, they scanned. They scanned right. a, a, about a dozen of the art rights. And beautiful. So they're, that's the last section there. So that's really right. nice. And get the book, yeah, if you can, totally. So what I'm trying to avoid is asking you questions like, when did you first meet Basquiat? Or when did you Jean Michel? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to avoid asking you those kinds oh, of questions. Oh, yes, I, you know, I have met so many people. I, look, I'm a New Yorker. I'm, I, right. Hey, I guess what? I hitchhiked around Europe. I lived in London in the middle of the '60s. Come on, do you think I don't know people? I, I right. live, I, I live here. I see these people. I live among them. I'm an artist working with them. I'm not just sort of reading about it in art form. Right. Um. Yeah. So what happens when I first met Jean Michel? Okay, Renee had either probably moved in by that point and we were together um i knew edit diak from a couple of permutations i knew her from the time that um mel bachner invited me to have a little one person show over there at artist space when she was still one of the directors there 
And then later I met her when um, she and Robinson were working on the art rights, okay? And uh, she, um, and okay, so what happened? Okay, they had the, Robinson and Edit had this incredible loft. They broke up at some point. And uh, I heard the inside story about why they broke up, but never mind. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was there. Um, Robinson and my husband at that time were, you know, fast drinking buddies. And they were t like tight friends. So Robinson was over almost every day. That's how I got to do the art right. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, okay, a little after the art right, et, uh, Renee and I were close. Renee, um, what happened? Oh, probably I got a call from Renee. Come on, I'm up here at edits. Come on, run up. And I used to go up to edits all the time. They were always having some kind of a crisis, and I would come up with $20 in groceries or something like that. Or that <laughs> whatever was going on, crazy things at that law. So I go up there one, uh, the first time I met Jean-Michel. Uh, Renee was there. Oh, Renee had asked me, Judy, where do you get that huge roll of paper i want to get one here so i told them you know central art supplies remember that place mm -hmm. so they ordered the huge roll of paper i get there and jean michel is down on the floor with a huge roll of paper there unfurling it gradually renee is standing over him you know giving him suggestions on what to write i'm not saying that jean michel i'm not suggesting jean michel didn't know always what to write but renee at least at that time had his great input, oh, put this, write that. You know, so he, they were there and that, and Jean-Michel was working on this huge roll of paper, unfurling and edits. So it was the first time I met him. Then, you know, we were, we were hanging out at edits. Um, Renee, Jean-Michel, uh, I, you know, and then, and then I would see him, you know, whatever around, I think he, he, he was friends with various people. He was friends with, he would see, I know, but I know through mutual friends of ours that he and Andy and I don't know if Renee at that time and another friend of mine would hang together every single day up at their loft. I don't know, what was that, in Bleecker Street or something like that. Um, and I think Keith, I think Keith was with them too, the three of them. And Renee would go disappearing up there. So, uh, but, you know, that, I think the time with edits, at edits, those times were like my most connection with Jean-Michel. Mm -hmm. um, Renee, of course, was very taken, you know, taken with him. And as to Keith, which you're going to ask about next, I first met him when I was with Joe LaPlaca. Do we remember him? Mm, no. Who's no. that? Okay. Okay. He, I think he has a gallery or something in England. Very, very wild person wild and crazy guy uh and uh brilliant irreverent problematic you know wonderful you know whatever um and uh, we were friends and he i think it was he yeah it was he that introduced me to to um keith herring the first time and we were at the the salka and lower east side and he introduced me and, um, you know, Keith knew who I, I was already. Keith Aaron knew who I was already because I, I had shown. I got some good success there a little before that. And he said, oh, we're having a show at 
Joe Club 57. Remember that on St. Mm -hmm. Mark's? Would you like to be in it? Okay, you know. So I was in that. I got to know him a little bit. And then uh, we did some things together. I invited him to, I think Barbara Rose asked me to a party. I invited the young key. And we, you know, a few little things like that. Then he was having the show at Mud Club. And he, he invited me to put some pieces in, Keith. Mm -hmm. and so I think I was down with hepatitis at the moment, but I managed to get the pieces over there. And I get this call to my sick bed saying, oh, Judy, you know, Renee Ricard wants to buy your work. I'm going to put you in touch with him. So, <laughs> so that's how we got together there. Then I was just sort of getting better. And my first time out of bed, I brought over the painting. And, you know, we met and it was just like, we were fast friends from there, you know, for the next year and a half or something. It just kind of clicked. Um, and that piece was, that piece was um, the piece that had uh, Patty Astor dancing in Underground USA, the Vicky's kind of suicide dance and that dress. Uh, some woman has recently bought it at auction to the Make Me Famous uh, girl, and um, which was glad to see. I thought, oh, that's gone forever. So uh, uh, Renee had it for a long time, and you know, heaven knows what happened in his, in his place, you know. So um, I was glad to see it ended up in good hands. But that was how I very first met. So, you know, uh, Renee, Renee and I, I stayed, we're very good friends for a long time. But then you know what Renee's like. You know, he, Splits around. I Renee and never, I wrote a book together. Met, I never we, met him. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> he was alive for a period of time when I was yeah. in a similar area, but oh, I never yeah. met him. Yeah, but he probably didn't get around as much. Like when he was younger, he was always every night was going out. You know, we wrote two books. We wrote two books. You know, the Opera of the Worms. Right which is really, really, really beautiful. Um, I know you, you can see it in New York Public Library Rare Books Room. It's out there. You have to pay anywhere between $800 and $2,000. What, what's it called? The Opera of the Worms. And you can buy it from the New York Public Library? You can't buy it. You can see it in the Rare Books Room if you don't feel like oh. buying it. Oh. Uh, it's online. I notice a lot. If you just look up the Opera of the Worms, a lot of those places, it's so, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, limited edition, limited edition. Right. It's it's really is beautiful. Do you have any copies left? I had one, and now I no longer have it. And I'm oh. tearing, I'm I'm tormenting myself to see if should I try to buy a secondhand one, or could Joel brook into giving me one, or you know, right. I think he has some, you know. <laughs> so I just don't have one. It's um. I never visited your studio when I used to run into you in New York quite often. Oh, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't visit your studio. Uh, have you been in the same place the whole time? I have been in about 10 places in the last as many years. I had the same place in, um, in Tribeca for really about 14 years. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved out of there, I, I really was in East Chinatown for over 20 years. But my studio wasn't there. I had a studio in Harlem, and then I had a studio in Hoboken. And then, right. and right now, uh, and then I had a studio for a while in Gowanus. 
and I'm here, you know, I'm here on the, in the east, I mean, in, in um, Tribeca, in West Tribeca. And I have a really nice kind of sprawling loft apartment kind of thing, which is not huge, although it's big considering. And I paint here. I live mm. here and I paint here. Do you I find come that over. you, come on you over. have a... Hey, yeah. I'm right across from some really chic restaurants, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you so find we... that you paint every day? I, most days, people ask me to paint every day. I, you know, I, I try to, I, I don't... I don't force myself. I'm not on some kind of a regimen or something. It's sort of in my blood, you know. I'll probably paint most days, especially when I have the materials. I I live right next to my art, so I'll be up at night kind of looking at this thing. <laughs> what do I want to do to it? Do I like it? So that kind of thing. Um, you know, I love painting. I'm, I'm not going to say I paint every single day. I paint a lot of days, mm. you know. <laughs> So remind everybody listening when your show is opening at Pulpo Gallery. Oh, okay. So the show opens, the, I think it's September 25th or the day after my birthday. My birthday is going to be September 25th. So right. either it opens the next day or whatever. Right. And it's going to be at most beautiful and magnificent um, Murnau um, Staffelsi. Which so it's is Bavaria. It's in Bavaria. Basically. It's, it's really beautiful there. I'm think I'm gonna go but I'm not sure <laughs> and uh it's so and he, the space is beautiful have you seen it it's pictures that he has of the space it's like it's like a no I, I have I've seen the photos but I, oh. I haven't I've never been to Bavaria oh well oh well Bavaria is beautiful in itself and the his space is really wonderful and he looks like he's really good at curating it too so okay Maybe so for people listening, uh, you can go to the Pulpo Gallery uh, website. Oh, absolutely. P-U-L-P-O uh, Gallery. Yes. As, and as uh, in, get the exact opening date for Judy Rifka. As an oct oct octopus. Mm -hmm. And, the, and show that, is, mm -hmm. the show is being called Judy Rifka from Walter Benjamin to Walter Robinson. No, really? I'm just no, I just made that up. I made the that two up. Walters. I, I made it up. I made it up. The Walters, I know. It's not really being called that. <laughs> right. That would be funny. Though. That would be funny. Um, and um, it's curated by Gregory De La Haba. Greg, and uh, we, we're, we're going to give them both credit over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, great. That'll yeah, be we're awesome. going to give Nico and Greg, and it's largely, you know, Greg, and, and then once the stuff gets over there, Nico, so mm -hmm. between the two of them. Greg is well, I know, I know, I know. You've been working on this stuff with Greg for many years. Yeah. Um, so um, have a great time with that, and keep me in the loop about how all of that's going. And uh, I won't take up your entire afternoon, but thanks a lot for talking to us today on the podcast. Okay, you're welcome, and thank you for talking to me too. <laughs> all right, so awesome to talk to you every time. I, I'll I'll talk to you shortly. All right. Take care.